Hello, hello, hello. This is Tamika Peters, president and CEO of Grow Your Nonprofit, where we help startups, small and stagnant nonprofits grow through fundraising strategies, strategic planning, and so much more. Guys, today you're in for a treat. I have my special guest here, Dolly. She is with the Charitable Foundation of the Islands. She'll share with you how they go about distributing grant funding to nonprofits on the island, partnerships, and how the nonprofit started. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the sponsors of my podcast. Best Insurance USA, helping you navigate health insurance, homeowners insurance, and so much more. AVID, that stands for the Association of Haitians Living Abroad. They just opened an amazing support center right here in the beautiful Fort Myers, where they will help you with immigration support, utility billing, and so much more. Trinity Life Foundation Naples, helping at-risk youth through their enrichment program. Last but not least, Vaxtruce. They just received a grant from the CDC to raise awareness of COVID vaccine and vaccine resources in the black and brown communities. So, guys, like I said, my special guest here, Dolly. How are you doing, Dolly? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. So, before we get started, I always like to learn more about our guests. So, Dolly, if you could share with our audience a little bit about yourself, your background, your experience, and how you came about working at your um, nonprofit. Sure. Well, I really do appreciate you having me here today. I have always worked in nonprofits. Okay. So I am unique in that uh, in that space. Uh, not that I'm super proud of it, but it's just where I've always been called. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was about seven years old, I began fundraising door to door for the American Heart Association. Wow. You remember when you would get those papers in the mail or at school? Well, I didn't have anybody in my family who had heart disease. I had no understanding of it. I just thought there's a need. And by golly, I'm going to go knock on doors and see what I'm going to get. And uh, it was uh, so I think back to that moment at seven, perhaps like planted the seeds Mm -hmm. to where I ended up. And uh, after college, I was an English teacher in Thailand for a year. Wow. And my parents were not that supportive of it. They were thought I should just go get a job. Uh, but I said, no, this is what I want to do. And I had a, uh, the ability to travel all over Southeast Asia. Wow. But when I came home, my mom said, okay, it's time. Yeah. Uh, and so I reached out to a friend, my neighbor, who helped uh, put me in place with a leadership development program based out of Newark, but also took me back abroad and around the United States. And that was, the rest was really history. I had a mentor uh, who just let me do almost every aspect of the business. And that's where I started in that fundraising uh, space. And I thought, no, there's something to this. Yes, yes. You know, know, I actually forgot about knocking door to door yeah. and fundraising as a kid mm-hmm. because I remember the fundraisers we would have at school when you yes. we sold chocolate oh, yes. and we would have to go mm-hmm. uh, knock on the, our neighbor's door mm-hmm. and I <laughs> so we were fundraising early we really and it's really not like appropriate anymore I guess right. to send seven year olds out right. <laughs> right we lived in totally different times <laughs> I remember um, I think in elementary school I probably walked about five or six miles yeah. to school by myself and it was mm-hmm. like not a big 
deal then. Not at all. <laughs> a newspaper route I had. And so we definitely were engaging in all this like dangerous activity, I yes, guess would be considered. Yes. No helmets, <laughs> riding the bike, riding the skateboard, <laughs> hopping off curbs and exactly. all that stuff. Yeah. Very interesting. That's, that's interesting. I think yeah. you're the first person I met who, who started your career in, in nonprofit right away. So that's very cool. I know. It's just... I went to the, I, you know, I've worked at several universities. I've worked at uh, small nonprofits. So I, I have had a variety of organizations over the years. And now, of course, I find myself on Sanibel and Captiva at a really a startup nonprofit, though it's been around since 2011 and has roots back to the 1990s, really. But now I've sort of come full circle mm -hmm. um, after working at very well-established, well-funded yeah, yeah. organizations. So, so, so that's interesting. I know mm -hmm. the premise of our conversation today is it's being that. Uh, you, you're the executive director of the nonprofits, a foundation. So you actually give grants mm -hmm. to local nonprofits on the islands. Um, but but you mentioned that it, was, it sort of was like a, a startup, right? Mm -hmm. So can you share with our audience a little bit about coming from a well-established nonprofit mm -hmm. to a startup? What was that experience like and what strategies you use to grow the organization to what it is today? So Tamika, I spent nine wonderful years at Florida Gulf Coast University in the foundation in a variety of capacities, donor relations, scholarship management for the foundation, and then of course in what we would call frontline fundraising. Mm -hmm. But after those really wonderful nine years, I realized that I was missing a skill set hmm. that I wanted to build on, which was how to be a CEO, how to be an executive director. And so, you know, when you work at large organizations, it can be very difficult yes. to find yourself with the time. Yes, yes. Frankly, I didn't even have time to really network with my colleagues because it was just so fast paced yeah, yeah. and you're so specialized. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I, you know, had a, a good, honest conversation with my husband, who is my best friend. I would Aww. never make decisions without him, Aww. Liam. Um, but, you know, really like, you know, this is probably a good time, late 40s. Uh, let's go ahead and see yeah. if I have what it takes. Yeah. That was really the question yeah. I had in my head. Yeah, of course. Do I do. have what it takes? Yeah. And where could I find mentors mm. to teach me how to run a business? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And that's where I had found Charitable Foundation of the Islands, the job vacancy posting on AFP, uh -huh. Association of you Fundraising know, I Professionals. I remember seeing that ad. Yeah. I remember seeing that ad, yes. And in fact, my board chair is like very grateful to AFP uh -huh. for it. And he's still a member to this day mm -hmm. because he's, uh, he said to me, you know, he really felt like that made a big difference yeah, yeah. for the organization to get the right, right. Uh, applicant pool. And mm -hmm. so... Uh, I saw it and I thought, you know, I know those folks on Santa Bon Captiva are smart. Yeah. And I yeah. know that they appreciate the environment and I know they love their community. So mm -hmm. I think this is worth exploring. And, you know, any day over the causeway, yeah. as they say, is a great day. It's mm -hmm. such a beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, so that happened. I, I took the position in September. I spent one day with our nonprofits uh -huh. of the islands, uh -huh. September 22nd. Oh my my God. first day of work was October 3rd, oh, 2022. Wow. And so obviously we know Hurricane Ian hit. Yes, yes. 
And so there was no causeway yes. on my first day. Yes. Yes, you're right. So wow, that's when you ask me, how did I learn? I'm not sure, you know, we just moved forward at yes, that time. Yes. As the first executive director, the first staff member this organization you're had. You're the first? Yes. Really? I'm the first paid staff member oh. that we just, like everyone else, those early days and weeks, we just put our heads down and we got it done wow. and now you can see CFI we for short we call it CFI now we're beginning a lot of the work that probably would have started yeah, yeah, last year yeah. but when you're in that moment you're there to help your you know neighbors and your mm -hmm. friends mm -hmm. and certainly we feel as a public grant making charity yeah. we're really a community foundation we do hold donor advised funds mm -hmm. and we have done so since 2011 our roots started at the collaboratory mm -hmm. southwest florida community foundation uh -huh. but prior to having a fund there really neighbors uh -huh. led by francis bailey bailey's general store and the johnson family now Really, it was it was Francis and friends who would hmm. created a good neighbor fund, and they would, you know, assist people whose homes might have burnt down, lost a job, perhaps they were were sick and ill and needed help, and they would give them money. Hmm. They took that idea, started a fund at the collaboratory, and it existed there for about ten years. Wow. But then, by then, our board chair and uh, was uh, Al Hanser, Sandoval Captiva Trust Company, and said, you know, I think it's time to come back to the island full time and really grow this. But it was grown by volunteers. Wow, very impressive. And so then Al retired in 2018. Our new board chair, not our new, but our, our board chair, our third, our second board chair, Chip Roach, came. And that's when they began to think about the strategic planning, mm -hmm. what are our objectives, you know, and yeah. how do we want to grow? And yeah. they decided it was time to hire an executive director. And wow. that's where I come in. Wow, that's, so, that's yeah. really cool. I didn't I didn't realize we we have that in common because mm -hmm. when I was executive director of a particular nonprofit, it was all run by volunteers. Mm -hmm. And I was the first paid executive mm -hmm. director as well. Mm -hmm. And even though the organization had been around for 10 years as well, yeah, so. it was, it was, it was run by volunteers, but they hadn't really raised any significant mm -hmm. amount of funds mm -hmm. and it wasn't really structured. So it was almost like a startup, mm -hmm. even though they were in place. So that's really interesting. So how, because the, the premise of our show is, you know, how do you grow your nonprofit? Yeah. What are the strategies? So it, it was all volunteers here on um, Sanibel mm -hmm. Captiva. And how were they fundraising? Was it just a group of people sort of like a giving circle who would donate a specific amount of money each year and then put into this donor advised fund that was at the collaboratory or how did so, you do that? Well, so actually donor advised funds, the donor makes the gift, mm -hmm. the organization is now the owner of mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. gift, but the donor advised fund holder can still make grant recommendations. Right. So right. really that has nothing to do with way any community foundation operates, how they pay for their operations. So you really think of that as like public grant making. Mm -hmm. And they make the recommendations and that money comes in and goes out. Mm -hmm. But our operating budget is supported by, you said, a giving circle. Really our board members, oh. current, former, and close friends uh -huh. of of CFI and the board has always felt 
it was really important to raise the funds mm -hmm. sort of in smaller gatherings. We do not do big galas uh, because we're really there to yeah. support our nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And we have, you know, at least 17 to 20 nonprofits oh, wow, operating on Sanibel and Captiva. Wow, I didn't so know. So every day I find a new one, like yesterday. Oh, wow. So anyway, that's why I hedge it because I say, you know, every time yeah. I say that they, I'll get a call the next day. And say, well, maybe you should continue and then you'll yeah. keep finding until you find all of them. So, yeah, so I do <laughs> like want to, you know, preface that, but like we have not uncovered them all, but we just have a lot of wonderful organizations. And one of the really unique parts about Sanibel and Captiva is our nonprofits, many of them started 49 years ago. And there's wow. a reason for that because our San, we're about to celebrate our 50th anniversary. Wow, congratulations. On Sanibel, and that's next year, 2024. And so, you know, when the city incorporated officially mm -hmm. in 1974, if my math is right, many of our nonprofits started then or a few years later. Hmm. And so, for instance, we have an affordable housing nonprofit on island, 47 years, that's the uh, community housing and resources we call it CHR. very impressive very impressive that you guys well they well, had the foresight 47 years ago that's right that's huge because we're talking about affordable housing now well that's in 2023 and that's a, that's a problem well we think it's so expensive that's ex and and you know sanibel was created to keep the community diverse mm. and it was meant to be a community of all types of people oh, and it wow. was never intended to only be for the affluent and right. i think that's a part of the perception occasionally yes. that it is and it is an affluent community and i won't deny that right but i will say that it's a harmonious community yes. that is very opening and welcome to all people and i think that shows in the fact that our school is doing so well and that's not true in some of our other yeah, communities yeah. that are really hurting after yeah. Hurricane Ian. I yeah. mean, our school's been open since April, and, uh, you know, we've got over 200 students there. Oh. And so, you know, it is meant, it was a very intentional design. We also have a child care center on island for 49 years. Wow. 50% of those students at chair, uh, uh, SESI, we like to call it, Children's Education Center of the Island, are on scholarship. So it's, again, very intentional, and we work very hard at that. So from the fundraising standpoint, we do it small. Uh, we do it quietly, I should say. We're now at this point now where we are having yeah. to really think about yeah. the future yeah. Yeah. and how we're going to continue to keep CFI mm -hmm. sustainable sustainable yes. in order to help the nonprofits more. Very good. So so part of that sustainability plan, you have a, a planned giving program and an endowment? No, we do not have that. Okay. We have planned giving commitments. Okay. Yes. And I have a lot of experience in both of those areas. So what I really like about the community foundation world, let me just like sort of posit that against what it was like to work at a university or where multiple endowments are, yeah, yeah. is that there's a lot of flexibility at the community foundation yeah. than at a university. And so that part is 
so exciting to me because it was like endowment or a restricted fund or pass-through fund yeah. but in here you have so many options and that's why i really do love donor advised funds i think from a donor perspective it's so flexible it provides you the time that you need in order to think about how you want to make your gift. Mm -hmm. If you're a new philanthropist, if you're even if it's say, you know, five or ten, twenty-five thousand dollars, which you can now create a mm -hmm. donor advised fund yeah. in Fidelity Schwab, uh, you know, and the the banks, you can do that. You are not required to make grant recommendations right away. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people are put under pressure. Yeah. They have never given before. You know, you and I clearly have been giving and volunteering yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. But not yeah. everybody lives their life like that. Sometimes they're working hard, building businesses. Mm -hmm. They then retire. It's the first time they've yeah. thought about yeah. Yeah. how they want to give. And so DAFs give you that ability to Give it a, some thought. Mm -hmm. Be strategic. Mm -hmm. Go meet with the nonprofits. Lean on somebody like me or somebody at the collaboratory. Somebody call your community foundation. You can call them up. They'll go and yeah. with you to the nonprofit. Yeah. yeah. They'll provide you with the names and the emails and the numbers to do it. The annual reports. There's a lot of accountability that somebody like me can help mm -hmm. tap into without a lot of extra work. And right. so I think from that perspective. DAFs to me are almost like the best of both worlds. Yeah. And of course, endowments we all know are really yeah. what we all should be thinking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, I know you and I have talked about, you know, hurricanes, natural disasters, but it's not the only disaster. No, we it's faced. not. No, it's not. We we talked we talked about the pandemic in um, yeah. 2020. Then that lasted several uh, different years which yeah um caused nonprofits who were heavily reliant mm -hmm. upon events as fundraising they had to lay off a lot of their staff mm -hmm. and a lot a lot of nonprofits who had events some were brave enough to host virtual events mm -hmm. and, and others were afraid to not host the yeah. events and they were some were afraid to not communicate with their donors so the ones who did communicate with their donors they actually raised more money because the donors mm -hmm. wanted to help mm -hmm. so staying in constant contact with your donors yeah is very important so it's just all around impressive mm -hmm. um what you guys do and i really love that you guys are not event driven right and it, they believe in small and quiet and coming together mm -hmm. what, what does that look like is that a cocktail party at someone's home is that in the community room what does that that small giving circle look like it's all of the above okay. and we're actually in the middle of planning and scheduling uh -huh. them and so our you know our first one one of our newest board members is rachel pierce everyone if you haven't been to her gallery on the island you have to come out okay. she just retired a few years ago from the nbc2 anchor oh yeah yeah that's, yeah. What, that's what i thought yeah. i'm like i wasn't sure yeah. that's that name sounds really familiar so she's gonna host uh, a gathering for us oh nice in her gallery oh very so, nice you know it's not gonna be you know a sit down it'll be you know more casual but again these types of uh, um, small giving circle mm -hmm, events mm -hmm. can happen really at breakfast at yeah, coffee I yeah. will tell you I'm a real big fan of of coffee meetings mm -hmm. breakfast meetings because it takes away it disarms people mm -hmm. it 
it doesn't make you feel like you spend a night out of the yeah. house, which yeah. can be very exhausting for a working professional or someone who has a family. Mm -hmm. And frankly, a lot of people want to hang out with their friends at night, yeah. you know, and they want to go socialize and have a good time. So I think for, it's the best of both worlds yeah. to keep the event small, but make it mission focused too. So this year, what we'll in implement is having one of our nonprofit partners or someone who's benefited mm. from our programming very nice. speak, very short. Yeah. And then we'll have a very small brochure with a QR code. Here you go. We're not going to kill you with information yeah. tonight. Yeah. What we're trying to do is inspire you to learn more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to start touching people's yeah. hearts more. Yes. And then we will get their heads. We all know there's a lot of if there's a lot of intellectual reasons to give mm -hmm. financial reasons it's you know save taxes and you know all these things but what we're trying to do is touch people's hearts yeah. and let, let me tell you and if it's not to CFI let it be to one of yeah. the nonprofits yeah. that have touched you yeah so very good so so Dolly before we wrap up how can our audience reach out to you? You have someone watching and they want to donate a million dollars to CFI. <laughs> well, easy at web address, mycfi.org. And you could go on there, find my email, my phone number. But what I want to say is cross the causeway. Come to the islands. We are open. The beaches are beautiful. The shells are outstanding oh, wow okay come to the farmers market on sunday come out to ding darling take a drive through the refuge enjoy lunch but don't not come i'm telling you the the residents the employees of the businesses we want to see you we know we're not perfect but i think the chamber says we're not perfect but we're still paradise that's right and i think that's true so i'd say you know look on our website but come out and see us and see what we're doing and i will tell you that the causeway is a beautiful drive over and the beaches are gorgeous but the people are even better and i think that's the one aspect that i didn't realize mm -hmm that it's really the people that make the difference. Yeah. And I've just been so touched by everybody. And it's it's been a wonderful year, minus a Cat 5 hurricane. That's okay. <laughs> so. You know, sometimes you have to yeah. tear down to build back up. There we because, go. Um, when I lived in, in Naples for 15 years, I learned that the, the county seat was in Everglades. And during Hurricane Donna, it pretty much wiped out the area. Mm -hmm. And the, the money from FEMA helped rebuild the area and to make Naples to what it is today because mm -hmm. it was really a fishing village. It wasn't really much there. A lot of the northerners would come down mm -hmm. for, for hunting and fishing. So you see what it is today. <laughs> so, yeah. so Dolly, thank you so much thank for you. your time. So, guys, you heard it here. Another nonprofit right here in the beautiful community. Something a little different. A foundation who actually gives grants to other nonprofits, specifically in Sanibel, Captiva Island. And it, it's amazing how the community is coming together. Even after this natural disaster during Hurricane Ian, they're building back better they're building back stronger and even smarter so i love all the concepts that dolly discussed today in those small intimate gatherings so if you get a chance please go out to sanibel captiva because they have beautiful shells and beautiful beaches and great people i know because i took my children there at the bubble room oh yeah probably 10 15 years ago <laughs> And we feel welcome. It, it was a beautiful place. And I, I, I can't even I can't even tell you why I haven't been back. But we will be back to um, 
have some lunch there and check out the island. So guys, this is Tamika Peters. I'm signing off. I hope you like and subscribe to my YouTube channel and stay tuned for more Grow Your Nonprofit podcast episodes. Thank you, Tamika. You're welcome. And cut. Yeah.